0: Welcome back to the Football Index podcast and I'm joined by yeah another six-figure portfolio on today's podcast but this time SOTD is returning and he was actually on episode three and this is episode 27 so how's it going SOTD 24 episodes later and you're back again
1: yeah I'm good I've been listening every week Uh, it's my Monday midday treat to listen for an hour and uh Yeah, it's uh, coming along well. The pod, I'm I'm impressed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, mate. I don't know what that says uh, about me beforehand. (laughs) Um,
1: But yeah, like,
0: so you came on like quite a while ago, and obviously you're you're a big influencer in in the. In the football index twitter community but why don't you kind of recap your journey on football index to those listeners who might not have heard you the first time and kind of give your oversights and kind of your your not your oversights your insights <laughs> into you know how you found the product how you started etc and you know just your journey oh, in general yeah
1: so I basically love football index um <laughs> so I started in uh January January or February 2016, I think. So, that's about three months after the index began. And up for about the first year, I didn't really take it very seriously. So, I think I started with £50. Pound. I think my first buys were Deli Alley and, and Wang Rooney. And throughout that year, I think I put in a total of 3,000. And I think I ended the year at about 9,000. So... I'd made about £6,000 in, in the year and I'd started getting the hang of it. I started to, I mean, the index then was, you know, you, you had to believe in the product more than anything else. And then I started to believe in the product and I started to talk to people who had big portfolios. So I'd spoke to, uh, you know, people like Ross and, and people like that who, who, who had gone through it really. And I thought, well, you know, this is going well. I think I might go for it as well. So then over the next five or six months, I put in about another uh, 20,000, I think. And uh, I got up to around, I think last October, I was up to around 67,000. And uh, so it was going really well. I mean, I experienced, I mean, we're going on about crashes um recently I've, uh, these are nothing I'd <laughs> experienced I was on GraceMan. I was on Zlatan um, you know I'd gone through all of that uh, and it you know it was it was pretty hard and, and then it come to the point October well not really October I think it was like August September October time it came to the point where there was a bit of a lack of communication over what was going to happen with pb what was going to happen with ipos and i began to drag a little money money out and i basically went back down to 25000 uh, people might see me tweet about that cuz i says i've gone from 70 basically back to 25 my aim now is to get back from 25 back up to 70 again and then from last october things have just gone ridiculously well so i think i've probably re- uh, redeposited about Back that twenty back in, but I'm up to not quite six figures, so that's not quite right. I'm, I got back up Ooh. to uh, <laughs> eighty nine thousand. That was that was about a week or so ago, and I think I'm about three thousand off that.
0: Uh, well, by the by, the time this goes out on Sunday, then perhaps uh, you might, you might, it might be, it might be correct. I mean,
1: <laughs> like three thousand. I was thinking about it. As I mean, I've I've, 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 um, I've got plenty of money in my wallet as well. So that includes that's included in the eighty nine thousand. Um, but I've, I mean, it went down three three thousand. I mean, that's nothing really, three percent. I, I, I mean, if you add that in stocks and shares, it's not the same, but. Three percent, you wouldn't even think about it um same with a, a cash out bet if you had a season long bet that the cash out offer was three percent less you wouldn't even it wouldn't even think you wouldn't even think about it and there's been a lot of panic on twitter and the drops are the drops seem harsh but they're not <laughs> and it's it's uh, you know people are panicking and you know the so there's quite a lot of explanation to why and rationale why why these players have you know have gone down say, you know, between between one to ten percent and I don't think there's anything to uh I've seen quite a lot of people calling it brutal, calling it a storm <laughs> and uh I just think it's I just think it's different players are worth different amount of money at different times and you gotta you gotta accept that it's you can't just keep a, a value of a play, just can't keep going up, and um, you know I think the Barca loaner thing uh, didn't help. Barca going out I think uh, wasn't great. It wasn't great for me. Um, but... <laughs> well, well, I mean, we, we we did have a
0: we did have a few shocks, didn't we? I mean, Salzburg got to through to the semi-finals, uh, you know, so. It, it, we have had a couple of shocks. Lazio were one of the favourites, I thought, before um, before the the quarterfinals started, and and now obviously they're out. So we have had a couple of shocks. I want I want to pick up on that point about the season long bet because I I made a couple for for Premier League relegation, and one of them was was Stoke. Luckily, but I remember when they were doing relatively well. I think just after Christmas or, or there, thereabouts, the the odds went from eight to one, which is what I bet on to about 15 to 1 but i never thought about it in the way that you've just explained it like that's the equivalent of one of my players basically yeah. halving yeah, in value exactly. right uh, and uh, yeah and i i never thought in my head like oh damn like this is this is terrible like this is a massive crash <laughs> but um but i i it, it seems that because some traders maybe become slightly more emotionally attached to these players and maybe see the green, don't want it to disappear, and then they do lose slight value, it then becomes a bit more of like a, an emotional bit of damage rather than a monetary one. Do you, do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I could turn my... Um, I should make this an app update. If I could turn it into black and white, I'd prefer it. <laughs> I hate the red and the green. It just makes no sense to me. And I think a lot of people would be better, better traders if they, uh, if it was a black and white rather (laughs) than red or green. Yeah, and that's
0: that's something that that our good friend uh, SG really advocates for. Just really, you know, disregarding the red and green. And he was actually on last week, and you were actually meant to join us. And I saw on Twitter that you mentioned in a tweet, obviously that that your view's actually sat somewhere in between mine and his. Do
1: you want to shed some light on those opinions? I think SG, well, he has been. I think he's probably changing a little now. But he's a man who is all in or nothing. Um, you know, you know, and he's, I mean, the guy dropped like 30,000 pounds over the summer and has got back up to 100,000. That is like amazing. I mean, it takes some bollocks to be able to, to do that. And, um, you know, I think he's very all in. I think he's more PB focused and less transfer focused. And I think he goes for generally the, he's looking for that big win all the time. And I think where you are is probably, or generally, um, is generally you're more... uh, accumulative of, of, of you know accumulation of wins, and that's how you build your pot. Where he's a, a big win, and I think, and he's part. Of, you he's you're probably more. Uh, I wouldn't say, p less PB related, but you're definitely more transfer um, focused. I think I have kind
0: of taken a leaf from potentially yours and uh, SG's book in particular when my portfolio was growing to that to that level. I kind of started to understand that I may had have had to you know go all in a bit more on some players and yeah. thankfully i've I've mentioned this on the podcast a few times the last few times i've done so it's come off well but i'm i'm very much anticipating that one day or maybe some current holds that i have now that i've gone a bit bigger into might just not turn out
1: as well yeah from the ones i've seen um you tweet about they've done pretty well uh, <laughs> you're gonna get one soon though that doesn't oh, turn out god well. i hope not <laughs> um
0: yeah uh, but so so where, where, yeah so tell us where you sit in between those
1: so I think I, I sit somewhere in between that. I think I'm uh I like the big win as well. I'm quite I'm quite risky at times, but I'm not too risky. Um and and I am I have moved a lot towards transfers. I'll still hold I think let me have a look at my portfolio. I've still got seventy players at the moment. Obviously obviously all those aren't transfers. I had ninety up to a week or so ago, um, I still got seventy players, and I'm quite spread um, over players. Uh, my strategy changed quite a lot um, from last October, really, when I went down to twenty-five. When I when I took that money out and went to twenty-five hours, and my strategy changed quite a bit, um, and so and I was I was more. Uh, focused on, I mean, I held 2000 Neymar, 2000 Harry Kane. I held lots of players in, in big amounts. And I think now, I think I, uh, my highest percentage wise of players in my portfolio is about 8%. And that's all. I was amazed when I tweeted out about Neymar and um, how much it was of people's portfolios. And people were coming back with like 30, 40, 50%. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was I was jealous. But, of, I was <laughs> jealous actually, but
0: well, it, it amazed me. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it is a bit. I, I think when you have a smaller portfolio, obviously, you can go maybe percentage wise a bit higher into players, but just to. Because, I mean, if you have like uh, with the bank builder, I I tend to go maybe five, six, seven players, but I don't tend to go more than 15, 20 percent into each. But certainly now with my personal account that the amount of money I've got in that after the Griezmann stuff, which I was lucky to escape very much unharmed. I I just said to myself, you know, anything over 10, 15 percent, I'm not doing it. And I mean, I even spoke to you about this where I had, I think, uh, a, a certain amount of Ronaldo. Um, before the quarterfinals even against Juventus I thought that draw was quite tough Real Madrid hadn't been amazing obviously Ronaldo was just picking up form and I said you know what he's such a massive part of my portfolio Um, I think he might have been maybe a sixth or just a bit less maybe there or thereabouts and I think I sold a third of my Ronaldo and he was still by about a thousand pounds the biggest hold in my portfolio so uh, I after I looked at that I said well maybe I've actually made the right decision here well even though he scored the crazy bicycle kick and proceeded to go up about 60p I still if I I said to myself you know if you'd gone back I think I would have done the same thing because it was pretty risky play at the time and I I, as you said I had to put my my bollocks on the line to some extent
1: well the higher they go as well the the, higher sorry, the higher they go like Ronaldo like so you probably wasn't that much a percentage of your when you are born no
0: no exactly (laughs) the
1: guy the guy went from six pound to to nine and it it becomes a lot more risky then exactly and um so yeah made made sense
0: yeah but i mean you you mentioned strategy there earlier and what is your summer strategy going to be i mean SG, you know shed some light on on his last episode but do you have a particular strategy that you think is going to serve you well over the summer
1: so i think My strategy changed quite a bit, like I said, last October. So I had thousands of of big buzz players. I mean, that was obvious because it was media buzz only. Um, But then I started, you know, I'm always open to listening to people's opinions. I'm open to any trading technique to earn me money. I don't care whether it's buzz. I don't care whether it's um, flips. It doesn't bother me. I just want to... You know, I, I like the chase of the buzz, to be honest. I I enjoy it, but um, my main aim is to accumulate cash. And um, I changed quite a bit because I've th- I seen all these like amazing RIOs and I was like, oh, God, you know, mine's pretty good and I'm dealing with a, a big amount. But well, how can I change to be better? And I think I thought to myself, what I'm going to do, I'm going to try and divide my, instead of having like a £50,000 portfolio, in so many players what i'm going to think about is having five ten thousand pound portfolios and then if i do the rio the guys are doing with ten thousand pound portfolios then surely that's going to make mine bigger and that's that's what i did and that's why i've got quite low percentages because i think to myself if i've got a ten thousand pound portfolio then i'm only going to have maximum six thousand pound of one player and um that that's basically that's basically has been my strategy to to this point since last October. Now, I've gone to transfers a fair bit. Uh, I still hold quite a lot of players, as I was just said, and I don't think I've come out of most of the ones I want to come out of. And I, and I think transfers are going to be uh, very lucrative. Um, I think you mentioned uh, me talking about players being in the top three, and I've noticed if someone gets in that top. If someone gets top of buzz, like Pogba today, I mean, he went up. He's the guy's six pound, and he went up like fifteen p or something, just for being top of buzz. <laughs> that's
0: a that's a lot of money, isn't it? Because if you think about it, that's um that's about what is that uh fifteen p? You are talking about about nine thousand yeah. pounds there plus. So,
1: and when it becomes top three, I mean, we've seen it during the international period that money went into buzz players. And I think buzz players, I know we're saying it's a summer, it's going to be about transfers, but I still think the normal media buzz players, because of that restricted top 200, are going to do well, especially with the World Cup. I think they're still going to turn over decent money. I don't know where the prices will be. I think they'll be about the same. I think they'll remain fairly stable. Messi and Neymar, I think they'll remain fairly stable. And I think they'll turn over dividends, big, really good dividends. And then you're going to get your poppers and your hazards, I think, and they'll turn over decent dividends. And then where the money is is picking which one is going to get into who's going to buzz. I mean, obviously, as you said, there's going to be big increases at the bottom in these pound players, sixty p players, etc. Yeah. But I think there's going to be a major two to three pound player at the moment who's going to hit three pound, fifty four pound. I really believe it. Like, I think if yeah, I think if if, if someone like, um, I'll, I'll name some, rather than me picking one, so, but let's name some. So, Lamar, Mares yeah, Lamar, Mares Leon Bailey, even Saha seeing some action now. If one of them starts getting on, it's just rumours at the moment that's getting their prices up. If one of them starts getting in that top three, just just gets in the top three once, I think. If Lamar gets in that top three once, he'll be over £3. I've got no doubt about it. And if, if if one of them players, not necessarily those, but around that price range, start getting into the buzz consistently, one or two days, three days on the trot, when it's triple media, we've got two months of it, basically. 65 days, I think, before the start of the new season. If they get into it, they get, they're going to fly. I really believe it. I'd, I'd be, just because we've seen it, happen I mean look at Salah he, he he wins buzz for a couple of days and the guy goes up 50 penny. it's like so I like I think I think there's going to be a few huge huge increases and I can't wait
0: I can't wait as well uh SOTD and I mean I mentioned Lamar and Cater from from last summer and
1: I mean one thing
0: i learned from from kind of being quite in and out of players last summer i didn't want to be uh, i i wanted to be quite risk adverse in terms of holding transfer players i just wanted to be in and out w- whether it be hours days um etc until griezmann came around and then of course everyone was <laughs> a bit more cautious then but with nabby Keita, i remember buying him at you know the the 70 80 ps and him going up to 150 selling him and then suddenly you, these rumors just didn't stop and i think it's really important for traders to kind of know when it's paper talk and when there's actually something there and something that's going to continue propping up because as you said if a player goes into that top three for you know two or three days they're going to be flying up and that's just because of the the buzz returns but i mean like you you mentioned splitting your portfolio and i really like that idea and i've actually weirdly enough uh, people with big portfolios who have come to me i've actually advised them to do such a thing wouldn't it be just such an awesome feature if uh football index would implement something
1: like that so you could split your your holds yeah it's like you could put it into sections and i think a lot of people would like that i mean i haven't done the new update i think i'm about three behind because i don't i like to see people use it first because i know you guys had some problem with having cell players not at the top so i've, I've not experienced that because i haven't a, I've not updated, um, but I, it seems as though what I've seen of the new update, the screenshots some people have sent me, um, it seems seems pretty good. And so I think hopefully you'll be able to drag and drop. I'm hoping at one point you'll be able to just drag and drop them in whatever order you like, and that'll be nice. It's, I mean, the problem is, is that we used to have 10 players in our portfolio or whatever when it was media. I think I used to have quite a lot then, 20 maybe. And um, but now with PB and like you, you can the world's your oyster isn't it yeah you can you <laughs> can basically so my where where I've done well and this is where I think me and SG have turned around fairly similar dividends on a daily rate I think when we spoke and I think he's turned around big dividends so when he hits one he's got three thousand in that player or something like that where mine have been maybe I'll have five or 600 in a player, but they're, they're every day or, you know, or two even two or 300 in a player and they're every day. And that that's where I've turned over dividends. I haven't had um, big, um, you know, I haven't had huge holds like thousands and thousands. I don't hold a thousand of one player at the moment. Um, and yeah, so... Yeah, So my strategy really is keep my buzz ticking over, which I think keep media buzz ticking over with the usual suspects. I think they'll still win a few. At the same point, look at those ones that I think are going to increase on the transfers. I'm going to hold on to them because I think they're they're going to win some dividends and they're going to increase mad, um, some of those two, two to three-paying players. And then at the bottom of the market, I think, of course, they could get do that as well win some buzz um some of those and then and then around the 60p mark i'm more likely to to come in and out of those a bit more frequently and i know and my strategy is to use all of those strategies that's my strategy (laughs) (laughs) well that's that
0: that sounds like an awesome strategy man i wanted to ask you that you see a lot of people maybe particularly with like massive portfolios like yourself saying that they're going to stay away from the transfer transfer window what do you think this is attributed to do you do you think it's like a personality based thing or situational do you think this is like a wasted opportunity for those people or do you think they're just trying to like minimize their downside
1: i think firstly i think some of can't say it because they don't want money to go out their their normal holds <laughs> but no but genuinely the, the people who are saying it genuinely i think they've probably been stung before and um it can sting you and i think I get it. If, if you want to stay away, stay away. But if you if you want to get involved, it it can be lucrative. you just got to be, you know, on... You haven't got to be on all the time. I, th- I think that's the the misgiving that people think. If I'm playing transfers, I've got to be on all the time. Well, I'm playing transfers now and no one's going to move now. So, <laughs> you know, so I haven't, I haven't got to watch it too much. Um you know, so so I think it's a missed opportunity for people who who don't play, but I do get why. Um, I do get why because they feel you need to spend too much time on it. And 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 life balance, I think, is important with FI. And I think if people feel if they're in transfers, they need to check all the time what's going on, then maybe they are better staying out of it. But if you want to make money and um, have a good go at it, it there's no better time to, to have a go at it. And if you lo- lose a few then you lose a few, but I think you become a better at it. I mean, I think my most successful has been this January and I think that is most successful transfer window has been this January and that is because of the windows that have gone before. So I think, yeah. So I think anyone who has a go at it this summer um, will be better at it in jan- next January and be better at it the summer after. And I think just to to see and to instant sell when, and you know, it's...
0: It's all a learning curve, isn't I think it?
1: It's, yeah, it's it's a big learning curve, and like I said, I'm open. I'm still open to learning new things, even though I've been on a couple of years mm. and listening to people's thoughts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've certainly learned a lot from the, the bigger portfolio holders like yourself and SG when mine was growing to that size. I was obviously asking you a lot of questions, but I mean, this was the first transfer window that I experienced being in a full time job, and I didn't really know how it was going to work out. But I think I managed to kind of adapt quite quickly. I mean, I was buying players and selling them like maybe a day or two after and it, it didn't necessarily i i kind of in some way became more efficient and, and i became a better trader so as soon as you adapt um your, your trading kind of attitude and, and the way you trade to your lifestyle i think the better and then you'll start probably racking up quite a bit of profit because you've you've adapted to that uh, and i don't know if you felt the same way during the transfer windows
1: yeah i think I'm a lot calmer now about the index. Uh, PB has made things a lot better. You've always got that to fall back on. And, I mean, even if players don't move this summer, so if, I think I was talking to someone about Leon Bailey, even if he doesn't move, right, he's still a good PB player. So, he's a good PB player. He's a forward. He's shown he can win it before. And he'll probably move next summer. So, there's no real downside for me for players like that. I mean, where can he go? 40p less, maybe? Um, that's just an example of that player. But I think there's lots of players like that where with PB now um, and then they've got that trans- eventual transfer, even if they don't move with PB, I think they'll keep their value. And um, With the index growing all the time as well, these players around or £3 when you've got players at £11, £12, um, look cheap and they're the type of players that people are going to invest in when they first come on the platform
0: yeah i I definitely think you're right in in a lot of respects there because i think what happened last summer as well you had the 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 thomas lamar end of transfer window arsenal 90 million bid i don't know what we were doing but um, like what happened to his price he spiked massively to about 250 but then those people who didn't like actually sell him before the transfer window ended. I think a lot of people actually kept and he might have only dropped to about 180 or whatever and now he's he's way past the peak that he was at uh, last summer. So I think we uh, you're right we might see similar things with players like um your Leon Bailey's and other other really coveted talents like gareth bale we see him linked every single summer right but he and he doesn't really turn up uh turn over that much pb or media buzz but people buy him in the anticipation for these transfer windows and for these links and i think with those players you're right there seems to be and i i don't particularly disagree that the i mean for me they might they should probably go further down in terms of price, right? Why would you hold a player the whole year? But if the market thinks that the way, then why would you not start you know, accumulating some of those players that seemingly have low downside, even when the transfer window finishes, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Lamar's a good example. I think January I sold him. I should have just kept him, I think. Uh, I, I had him, I think, when he started getting into the buzz a little bit. I think he reached around 2.40. And he, he went down, yeah, he only went down to about... Two ten, I'm not sure he even went under two pound after January, and I, th- I think in hindsight, I should have just I should have just kept him. Um, someone like that, um, but I think transfers. Going back just to transfers, I think the word flip, is <laughs> it frightens people. I think like they, they, I think they think that you've got to buy them and sell them straight away. Well, no, you haven't. Um, no, I've bought players three months ago that I know I'm going to sell. Um, and that's a flipping theory. I'm buying, I'm selling. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll buy players and I might buy players. I mean, I think I bought I bought Cancelo today, actually. I've seen him link to United and I thought I'll buy him. And then it was after two. So I've seen him doing well on PB, shot to about 148 and I, I, I decided to sell him. So there, there's one like six hours later. But and then there's a, there'll be some, like, two or three weeks. And I think people think the transfers, you've got to be in and then you've got to, they've got to go up straight away and then I've got to sell. But they should, in theory, just keep creeping up. I mean, I think, um, i was think of a lower, let me think of, I'll keep saying the £2 ones, but I'm trying to think of a lower one. Uh, Fosberg, uh, he's crept up. I was trying to accumulate him at around a pound. And I think you were too. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: won't give anything away there.
1: And and he just, he had a decent day on PB and went to about one pound 20 and I was gutted. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was was gutted. He went off and (laughs) and, strange that, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I was, I'm never, I'm not intending to sell him for a little, for quite a while. Will I sell him? Yeah, probably will sell him. Um, I'm not intending to sell him for, for quite a while, I don't think. I mean, I mean, you mentioned flips
0: and how you'd sell, bought and sold Cancelo, for example. I mean, a lot of people ask me, the first thing they ask me about the Bank Builder series is, how long have you kept players for? You seem to be buying them and selling them really quickly. And I say, well, actually, if you look at some of the transaction histories I've put up, some of those are within minutes, some of those are within hours, some of those are within days, and some of those are in with weeks. Like, it all... It's all dependent on like the news. As you said, you saw Cancelo. He rose to, whatever, 150 nearly. And you said, well, you know what? I actually wouldn't buy at that price or that, that price seems tempting to sell. And, you know, you sold. So sometimes you buy, but n- not knowing like when you're going to sell, if that makes sense to, to the listeners. Yeah, no,
1: I, I was buying Cancelo thinking I'll, I'll probably uh, keep mm. him to the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when I bought him today, I thought, Oh well I know, I'm gonna keep him. Yeah, I'm buying him. He's been linked to United. Hopefully some more links will come and uh I'm gonna keep him. And then I seen him go to one fifty and I thought, Oh, I'm just gonna sell. So I sold him and I probably will jump back on him at some point maybe if the links come again or he goes down. I'm 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 hoping he goes down a bit. And for example, put, i shouldn't have said down here. He's not he's not gonna move now. <laughs> yeah, cut that out. Um but just for example, yeah, that that would be my hope with that type of flip. I think is that I would buy and I would buy him, I would sell him, and then and probably look to go back in, in in maybe a week or two when he slowly decreases. Yeah.
0: So I mean, like what what I'd end on there is when when you do buy a player, you want to probably set an exit, maybe price. Uh, relative to the rest of the market but also don't be afraid if they get to a certain price and you think they seem quite expensive sell them even if it's sooner than you thought you were going to sell them just like SODD was explaining I mean I've had players that I bought that have started rising before I expected them to rise and then it puts you in a position where you need to make a decision and I think I always say this on the podcast that you should always be making decisions with your portfolio. If you look at your portfolio once a day, you should be looking at some of the prices and be like, right, should I still be keeping this player? Should I buy more of this player? Because I think he's going to continue going up. But also like if you ever feel comfortable in your portfolio, and I know this seems like a weird thing to say, then I think you should kind of have a look at it because you should always, as SOD quite rightly mentioned, always look to be striving to do better and looking to adapt to the next thing that comes and looking to be at the, the, good end of of another market cycle and uh and and you know speaking of all these market cycles i think we've had our you know first bit of red that we've seen in the last few months after as you said since october just an awesome awesome uh five or six months uh, overall but we have seen some reds and what would your advice be for those traders where, where it's their first time for this kind of
1: thing i think it's difficult i'd there's definitely no panic stations at the moment. Um, you know, there's no need to sell everything and, and leave. Um, if you, I think if you stand the index, for me, the index is still very early days. I keep saying this to people. They don't believe me, but, um, for me, it's still a start up. It's really early days. You see all the, the better adverts coming out and I think it's Tuesday today. Um, but I think uh, Adam Cole's doing a, a question and answers tomorrow. And it seems as though um, he, he's alluded to um, World Cup adverts, um, which would be good. And, you know, there is, uh, I think there's about 130,000 sign ups or something at the moment. I Don't quote me on that, but I think that's about right. And um, these some of these betting companies have got over a million people signed up. So, the market's going to grow. I'm not going to say every player's going to grow um, because that's not necessarily the case. Look at players like Marcus Rashford. Uh, we had him at 570-something and a year later, if he if the, the market's grown that much and he's, he's what, around £4, so not every player's going to grow, but generally the amount of money in the market is going to grow. And that's what holds... Players back, and that and that's what makes these cycles. Is that there's a limited amount of money in the market because when you compare returns to it, I think someone tweeted out um, Tiago Alcantara won at the weekend, and it was if you bought him in the morning, it was a seven percent return. Uh, that, that, that's mental, mm. you know that that's ridiculous. Yeah, and that and that is why the index will continue to to grow. Because the returns are still
0: there. Yeah, I mean, me and you always have this chat, don't we? We always talk about there's two ways of valuing players, and one is against returns, and one is against, uh, you know, the rest of the market. And I, I tend to think that sh- short to mid-term, when you're ret- when you're looking at them compared to the, the rest of the market, that's probably the way to go. But as you said, long-term, the dividends are still there to be won. Want- and there's still an awesome return on your investment, uh, as you mentioned with Thiago, for example.
1: So I think a lot of people recently have been looking... So as, as it's been going up, everyone's been looking at returns. Now, as we've just slightly come down, I'm not even going to say down, but okay, some players have come down a little bit. Um, I think they're comparing them to other values then, which is fair enough. And I think, yeah, why not? <laughs> um, and then <laughs> players were compared to other players, you know, Probably, I don't like using the word overvalued, uh, but if in terms of overvalued against another player, then yes, it probably was. I don't think they're overvalued in terms of returns. Um, I just think they're limited by, players are limited by the market cap, which is the amount of money in the market. And when that should increase, and we should still see growth without us even doing any trading really um and then if you can put trading in I mean, it that's as, that's like all yeah. markets right and then if you can put trading in it as well then you, you you're going to optimize your um you know people say uh, i've seen quite a lot of people tweet saying you know i'm just going to stick on these players and collect the money which is fine and but other people want to optimize and by buying and selling more often now and then you you can optimize more and and you can optimise by sticking on a player as well. I mean, uh, if you look at someone like Index Chat, the guy has sat there on Neymar since one and uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Um, no, yeah, he I mean, really doesn't. <laughs> yeah, like people are like, why haven't you sold? He well, really doesn't, the guy's, he, he really doesn't. And I think he deserves a lot more credit when people are, other people are. I mean, he could have probably optimised at different points. Um, you know, when Neymar's gone down or up or. All over the place. He probably could have made a little bit more money, but I very much doubt um, on that Pacific example that anyone has made, um, unless they have that many amount of Neymar. By trading Neymar, they've made more money than him
0: no I, I think you'd, you would have had to literally get on every peak and, <laughs> and every fall yeah. to, to 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 outdo him because he's he's collected every buzz return but also I think a lot of people do say when when especially the new users when they when they come on they always say oh my god like Neymar was two quid a year ago I wish I'd bought him and I'd still have him now at 11 pounds whatever uh, but all what I always say is during that year you would have had to, a, a really good opportunity to sell and and a, a lot of that was before the summer right before PB was announced and, and Neymar had started flying up due to those rumours.
1: Yeah I mean I, I sold around after the transfer to Paris Saint-Germain a few weeks after when he buzz, his buzz buzz dried up a little bit and mm, I thought he's it it's not, it's not going to keep going and the year before I hadn't seen much buzz action from the foreign players, which seems a, a completely new thing, and I think it's due to this IPO restriction. The IPO is coming in high and a top two hundred restriction, but we weren't seeing Ronaldo, Neymar, and Messi winning. I mean, Messi won like six buzz in a year, and I think he's won media buzz. He's won, he's won quite a few this year, and no one thought he'd win any after his contract and in he, his won. anyway. So Neymar, I sold about. I think about fifteen hundred Neymar at around six pound fifty. Like, I don't know. whether... i I'm probably worse off for it. But I mean, the money. We... But I mean,
0: again, at at, the, at that time, it might have been, it might have been the right play, right? Because we we didn't know what was going on with PB. You just sold, and now you had a hefty one point five k times. You know, six pounds is is a lot of money. It's it's you know, we were talking about nearly. Ten thousand odd pounds so you had a lot of money to play for and you know if it went in the right places then maybe you did outdo Neymar you probably have to go back and check so who knows
1: yeah Harry Kane was one I remember I got slaughtered on Twitter for selling him at seven pound I tweeted out I'd sold him at seven pound I got absolutely slaughtered by people (laughs) but I actually remember the the I think I totaled it up I, I um and I think that worked out better when I sold him because I think he's gone up to around nine and turned around about £1. fifteen dividends, which is like 50% each. But I'm sure i had gone into players that have doubled. So I had this big strategy with defenders before – I'd like to think before anyone else, <laughs> but maybe not. But I, I, I had um, – and we just started – obviously people know I'm involved with uh, Edge – we just started edge so i just started collecting the data as well and i would seen like defenders 70p defenders like getting 160 170 every week and i thought these guys are cheap and i went in i bought i bought uh 900 uh pk's 900 albers uh and there there were six i think i had 900 pk's at around 66p and he got up to so he trebled trebled didn't he he trebled (laughs) he trebled then I went to Chesterton World of Adventures no he (laughs) trebled he trebled and I I sold I didn't think they'd get beat and um, I'd sold a a few hundred um, to market I think that day and then uh, I had no reception that night Barca went out and I think they would have stayed stable otherwise those players and um, I looked at my phone, and obviously I'd been obliterated by them by them two in particular. Um, I wasn't even worried about Messi. But Al, Alba, I think I'd reduced him to about 600 as well. And um, so them, them two in particular. And I, I sold a couple of hundred. I instant sold when I seen I, I wasn't interested. I didn't want loads of them. So I sold a couple of them. I think I owe 400 of them both each now. And I'm um, probably happy just to hold hold them, um, but yeah, just just saying, like the Neymar one probably didn't work out for me, but I think the Harry Kane one did because I, I had the funds to. Basically, I went into so many defense. I went into Mustafi. Um, I mean, even Robertson, I sold him way too early, but I I, I bought um, six seven hundred of him at like seventy five p, and uh, I think I, I sold them all at about 95, 96. And, but he's one pound twenty now. Um, yeah, and,
0: I mean he's he's done he's done ridiculously well. Him and uh, Trent Alexander Arnold as well.
1: Yeah. So so that that's, that th- there's one example we named where I, f- I think it probably didn't work out for me. But there's one example we came, and I think that probably did work out for me. And um, yeah, that that was uh, yeah. So. Just two examples of selling high players and going in low.
0: If you win them all, then you're going to be a very rich man on the index. But I mean, yeah, index chat, It doesn't really get that. That many applaud it for, for holding all the way through, but... By God, like holding through all those massive crashes oh, nice. and then holding through really, really massive price spikes, right? And 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 having those opportunity to sell at a great price and not selling and still believing that he was going to go up and up and up is brilliant. I mean, I've tried to get him on the pod. I mean, we'll move on from this. And and you talked about how you would sold some players uh, when when they dropped. For for example, PK and Albert, you sold a few of them. What was your kind of thought process? And you've already talked about this a little bit, but when when the recent dip did happen, and I call it a dip, not a crash, not a drop. it's, It's a very minor, you know, correction of prices. What was your thought process when either buying more players or selling more players? Because I've often spoken on the podcast about how when people are really panicking and scared, it might actually be a good time to buy some players. So what was your thought process when buying players? And what was your thought process when selling some players?
1: So I've been I've been fairly active buying and selling since in the last week. My thought process was okay. These types of players are are, are going down. Let me have a look at what 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 other these players I've got these types of players, and I, I held a lot of them. Um, I'd sold some of them. I think I'd already sold all my cocaine, uh anyway, so I didn't have a decision on him um, earlier in the week. Um, just cause I didn't see him going up much more. Uh, and but I still had quite a few. I had some Lazio ones. And I thought, if they go out, do I sell now? Uh, do I half it? Um, and, and it was just thinking about what can they go to? I looked at IPO prices. I looked at, uh, you know, how, how low can they go? Um, that was a big. So I looked through that. I looked at, okay, what, what other benefits have they got so um, I think Alcantara's gone up tonight so I didn't sell any of him um, although the market sold 100 <laughs> today I shouldn't have done um, I noticed he's gone up quite heavily um, I've, I've got quite a lot of him and he, I thought, I'd i heard those city rumours a couple of weeks ago I was hoping they'd come back so I didn't sell any of him and, and looking, enough they did come back and I was looking what what are the other benefits to these players Um that have gone down, and some of them have still gone down. Muller has gone down. Um and I decided to sell him because I just think he's gonna go down. And um, but he's got other benefits, he's got the World Cup, and I think he I think he'll probably go up, maybe, from where he is, possibly. I'm keeping an eye on his price. I'd love some about £1.80, I think. And um, yeah. So I, I think it was just I looked at the players and I thought. What can they go to? What what do I think they could turn over? Um, do I want to get rid of them all? I mean, some players are, a lot of players are halved my more, more holding in them. Um, some had already gone down, so I missed that initial peak of being able to sell. I mean, Mustafi, he, I had quite a lot of him, as I'd said, and I, I think I halved him what I had left of him. A half, a half team. Um, I still think he might turn over some dividends, and it's not a lot, really. A pound twenty player, or whatever, one twenty, one thirty. They turn over. They hit a twelve p, eighteen p. Then you basically you've from this point, not from the point they were, but from this point, and that's what I'm interested in. I think people have to get that right. I'm interested in what the price is now. I don't care what it was before, but what the price is now. And from this point, if he eats, 12p or 18p I think he, he you know there's not going to be a bigger drop than that on him um and then there, I think there's other players like that around that price range um I'm surprised some players have stayed some of the six paying players have stayed where they are um and not dropped as much
0: yeah I think for, for me this this kind of dip has been the one that's been least easy to reason with and and in terms of like using logic and and why certain players have dropped and why other players haven't dropped it's been a bit hard for me to kind of understand it but i guess you know the market knows best as, as we all know but, yeah um, i think <laughs> it's been if strange it, sorry, if i could
1: just add one more thing go, now go it's, i think the yeah i'm surprised the lower so the lower players are dropping 10 and 20 percent and then you've got um you know a six pound player i don't think like a Who's got other benefits as well, and he's but he's only dropped like three or four percent, or not even that, and that that's a bit strange for me um, to work out why. And I think it is the mentality around the spread, but the percentage is exactly the same. Whether you are IS a player at eleven pound or IS a player at two pound, you are paying the same amount of IS. So all these people tweeting out saying. Um, you're losing 90p you know, ninety a share or whatever or 50p a share. It's the same if you are a lower player. The percentage is the same. And I don't think people think about that. And I think that's why the, the higher players like Griezmann has probably held a bit better.
0: Yeah, I do, I do think that when, when a player does have added benefits and, and other benefits rather than the main one that you bought, it's always, as you mentioned with PB a while ago, that there is that, Kind of thing to rest on, just in case things do go badly, which is obviously great. And I was saying to people around January time that when they were asking me, "Oh, who should I buy? Who should I buy?" and I get a lot of these messages, obviously, as, as you can imagine. And I don't really like giving out random players, just obviously in case they, you know, they could go out and break their leg that weekend, and I'd feel really bad for the poor guy who's just bought him off my recommendation. But I do, I did often say that look at players who are quite young. So look at the current trend in football index, where where young players were absolutely flying. And then I said, look at players that are obviously also in the World Cup or could make that squad. And also look at players that are, you know, in those European competitions. When those pools get smaller, those players will go up. And then also look at, you know, if they could actually get a big move in the summer. Think about those four categories I said in about January. And I I was saying that if they can tick as many of those boxes then there's going to be more chance of them going up with the less downside because they have more things going for them as you've just mentioned so, but um, I think we've we've spoken a lot about this this current subject uh, at the moment and I want to move us on to the, to the last bit and I want to talk about how you mentioned that, that higher players might actually be less risky than the cheaper players do you want to elaborate on this and actually give your reasoning behind this opinion?
1: Yeah, it's not a straight opinion it, it's... I think I was I was playing devil's advocate a bit. I think someone had um tweeted out saying lower players are less risky. I don't really agree with that. I think if you have if you've got uh one thousand of a one pound player and you have a uh, hundred of a ten pound player, I think there's more risk on that lower player. I think there's more risk on him fluctuating. Uh, so we you hold the same amount and I think there's more risk on him fluctuating ten percent than there is on that ten pound player fluctuating ten percent. That that's all I meant by that. Um and playing devil's advocate, I like to try and try and show another opinion um when some people tweet things out. I'm not I'm not saying yes, higher you know, higher players are less risky. What I'm trying to say is, you know, also think about it this way. And I think you know, if you, if you add uh, five players, 200 of them each at a pound, that's slightly different. Um, that's probably less risky because you have spread out a bit more, but spread reduces risk. Um, but if we're talking about having the same amount of money in one player, a, a lower player, and having the same amount of money in a higher player, then I believe that you'll probably find the higher player at less risk. However... If you hit that lower player, a 1,000 on that lower player, as I was saying, if you hit them like I hit some of those uh, defenders or any player due to transfer, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there holding quite a few of these uh, transfer players around a pound. If you hit one of them and they raise to 150, you're making amazing returns. Um, so the, re- the reward is obviously a lot better on... If I have a thousand of for a one sure, pound player sure. and a, a hundred of a ten pound player, the reward is probably far greater if it comes off. Um, but I do think it's more risky.
0: Well, that's that's the big if, isn't it? If it does yeah. come off, and um, yeah. I, I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I'm gonna try my best to to try and do that with a with a bank builder series and try and identify players that are severely undervalued and and kind of in that SG fashion go and, and as you did with PK and and Alba as you mentioned, go into players and uh, that I feel are undervalued and then and then trade out those players, not not to show people that this is how you should do it and do this for for every single. Uh, like for your whole portfolio and every single player that you think is of any value, but those that you think are real low value, like you did with the PKs, Al- uh, Albers, and Mustafis, there's a great opportunity to turn over some incredible profits there if you go in with enough yeah. capital. And I think
1: there? my trading um, strategy uh, it's probably changed in the last couple of months a little bit because I found myself buying um, Gareth Bale is a good example. So I bought uh, five hundred Gareth Bale around three eighty, I think, and um, he got up to five twenty. And I thought, oh, I want to sell some, but I still want five hundred. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? That that makes sense. So what must, what what I am trying to implement now is buy more, so I can sell some. So if I want, uh, if I believe a player is going to go up, and I believe a player can return buzz as well. Um, then or maybe not even return buzz but if a player's going to go up but I'm still going to want to hold some I've started buying more and I'll buy more and then sell them off rather than buy a certain amount and think I don't want any more um, because then I want to still hold that that amount if that makes sense and that's something, that's, that's something that I've changed a little bit in the last couple of months that I've decided to buy more and sell a few on the way up rather than, um, you know, restrict myself.
0: <laughs> that does make sense. And I think, as I did say, when you do feel like not uncomfortable, but when you feel unsure about other player, uh, whether or not you want to keep or hold, then the best thing often is to like actually just take some off the table and, and actually minimise your downside. But you mentioned um, kind of, uh, and this is backtracking quite a while, uh, uh, seeing players in red but also you talked about selling players quite actively recently what would you say to those traders who who kind of are quite stubborn to sell when in a loss
1: i think you've just got to think it through and think <clears throat> and don't think about what the player's price has been you've just got to think it through and uh, i've seen some mad uh tweets and facebook posts in particular saying um Don't is (laughs) is is the last instant sell is the last resort. Well, it isn't the last resort at all. Instant sell. I have instant sold quite a bit. I instant sell probably more than a market sell, Um, because you find you get to a stage and a player is, is not going to go up anymore, and and you've got to beat people to it sometimes. And instant sell is a functionality. For there, for you to use, it's not a desperation um, function, and I think that I think that's how. If I read on Facebook, uh, people were saying, "Whatever you do, don't instant sell." Uh, for, for me, I, I just use it as a tool, same same as I would market sell. Obviously, I want to market sell as much as possible. But if I think a player is going to drop below that instant sell price, which is a lot of times. Because if the buys have run out, he's going down. Then I will instant sell, and I've got no, I've got no problem doing it. And uh, it doesn't look pretty sometimes, but uh, if you if you think a player, basically if you think a player is going to go below that instant sell price, you should you should instant sell him.
0: I really like the way you phrased that though. If the buys are running out, then why would you keep? Uh, so basically saying, like, if there's no demand for the player that you're holding, that surely means that they can't go up and why wouldn't you sell, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think in terms of uh, if I see a decrease coming, there is players that remain stable, that go up. And uh, there's players in my portfolio I'll look at and think, I don't think he's going to go up anymore, but I want him for buzz returns and I'll keep him. Um, but there is a lot that I look at and think, especially over the last couple of weeks, that think... Uh, I think he's going to go below this instant sell price here, and so am I going to act on it? And um, I'm not afraid to to push that button.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people use it as a great tool. The thing is, if that instant sell price looks appealing, or if the instant sell price looks like a price that you wouldn't pay for a player, then why not use it? I mean, it guarantees that your money is safe as soon as you instant sell the player. Uh, and I'm not advocating to always instant sell. But I do think, as as you said, like it's a great tool, particularly with those big players, perhaps, when they do have those massive spreads. And we won't get into the spreads, otherwise we'll be here forever. But um, some of those big players, when you do instant sell them for those big spreads, then... You want to have a plan beforehand. And I'm not advocating keeping a player just because they have a big spread. If they have a big spread and you sell them and you know where that money's going and you anticipate that the money being used as capital is going to grow faster than that player recovers then there's no reason you shouldn't do it but by all means have a plan before you do sell those players at the big spread because having a lot of money in your cash balance and not knowing what to do with it can be quite dangerous because what you end up doing is just spend it, spending it for the sake of it if that makes sense
1: yeah i mean i think instant so you just got to watch it on the spreads i'm, I'm sure i've instant sold a couple this week and they a bigger spread than i thought um i mean like, <laughs> you know I've probably, I make mistakes all the time. Uh, I've met and now and then regret it for a second and then think, what am I regretting it for? I've done it now Um, and get on with it. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously I want to market, sell everything, but instant sell is there to, to use and, um, you'll f- you'll probably use it quite a lot in this transfer window possibly
0: <laughs> yeah i mean uh and on that note i think we'll, we'll end on a warning and just say like you know prepare yourself for the transfer window because it's going to be awesome but it's also going to have a lot of volatility in it and i think i'll probably make some sort of transfer window tutorial video at some point and try and put it out there similar to the beginner's guide and, and try and help people out uh, by by no means am i an expert on that but i've, I've already been through three or four so i kind of know the ropes to some extent uh, but it's been great having you on sotd and you know it's remarkable that you were on 24 episodes ago it's, it's flown by but where can people find out more about you and follow you if you know they don't already do
1: Yep, so on Twitter, Football Index, uh, SOTD. Uh, I do have uh, some input into Edge as well, a quick plug there. So if anyone's not, uh, have a look at Football Index Edge. Um, There's some really useful stuff on there, and um, it's going to be really useful over the next season, I'm sure, and some great data on there. And uh, you can – sometimes I – tweet out on that account it's not all me but sometimes i tweet out on that account as well
0: (laughs) there truly is some great data on there i've definitely had a couple buys due to that uh that website which you guys have have, have done really well i think you've, you've put it together excellently but thanks so much for coming on man and, and thanks to everyone who's listened uh apologies for messing up the the last outro hopefully i won't mess it up as badly this time <laughs> thanks to everyone that's listened and you know subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already subscribe to the youtube channel and if you really do like this podcast and it is making your commute slightly better then why not leave it a review helps rank the podcast and it helps tell people uh you know how good (laughs) it is hopefully (laughs) but uh yeah thanks to everyone who's uh who's listening and enjoy your commute.